Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, uh, a couple things that stood out to me from today's reading. And pardon my voice, uh, I'm going through a sinus infection and a pretty rough cough. But um, Or I've finished puberty and my voice has finally become deep. Um, but it's out of Matthew chapter 9. Um, in Matthew chapter 9, uh, Jesus is on his way. Uh, Jairus, the synagogue ruler, has come out and begged him to come and heal his daughter. Uh, when you look at Mark and Matthew, it sounds a little different. Um, in Mark, it says that he came and said, hey, my little daughter is dying. Um, and then it says that while Jesus was on his way, after a woman was healed from the flow of blood, um, that uh, a person came up to Jairus and said, hey, your daughter is dead. And then in that part in Mark, it says Jesus looked and said, hey, don't don't worry about it. Just believe. And here in Matthew, it says that Jairus came saying, hey, my little daughter has died, uh, but come and lay your hand on her. Um and you sit there and go, well, this, those are two different things. But what if you take Mark and Matthew, instead of sitting there going, they need to sound exactly the same, you actually look at them as telling the same story and one story or one writer giving more information on one aspect and the other writer giving more information on the other aspect in order to come up with the real story. And so you can kind of picture it as, as Jesus is standing there, Jairus comes and says, come and heal my little daughter. Um, and then gets word and maybe even as he's saying it come and heal my little daughter who's dying hey your daughter's dead okay my daughter's dead would you come heal her and he yet he still believed and when you think of it here's Jairus who's the synagogue ruler he was probably going to lose his position as the synagogue ruler because he came and gave gave credit to Jesus being a healer um he gave credence to him being something more than just maybe a good moral teacher uh, because he actually believed that Jesus could heal, but could bring back from the dead. And so then you watch, and behold, a woman who had suffered from, in verse 20 of chap chapter 9 of Matthew, and behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And so it sounds like all these things are happening all at once. And so while he's talking to Jairus as they're going, as he's talking to him, and then this woman comes and touches the fringe of his garment, and then she's healed. But I love the fact that Jairus came begging Jesus to come and bring his daughter back from the dead. And so when he shows up, Jesus says, why are you guys crying? She's just sleeping and says they all laughed at him, which I would have too. I think all of us would have laughed at him, being that he hadn't even gone inside yet to see the girl. But he simply just said, hey, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Knowing full well that she was dead. And I think it's a play on words. Think about how often in scripture death is talked about or seen as sleep. And so I think that Jesus is playing on words to put this little bit of doubt in their minds that when Jesus brings her back from the dead, they're not going to think of this as the 12-year-old girl who was dead. They're just going to think of the 12-year-old 12 12-year-old 12 girl who was sick and was healed um, or was sick and came back to being healthy. And maybe, and Jesus wasn't even wanting credit for this. In fact, he tells them, don't tell anybody what happened. And I think it's to protect the reputation of this young girl. Because who wants to marry the dead girl? Uh, who wants to play dodgeball with the dead girl? And so, but the part I love in verse 25 is this. But when the crowd had, had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And I looked at that, that word arose. I just wanted to see what it meant. Because I feel like it, it's just a word that stands out to me as pretty powerful. Um, I, don't feel, I don't think I was given kind of any spiritual insight. Like, you should look up this word. I was just curious. But this is what it means, and it's a little bit long, um, and there's different there's different meanings to it, but the last one especially what stood out to me. So part of it's to cause to stand up, cause to wake up, cause to exist, as in raising up a child, 
raised to life. So there's this belief raising someone from the dead back to life. To restore, to raise up what is torn down. To heal, to raise up the sick. Uh, to stand up, to get up, to wake up. But this last one is what hit me. It says to make war against. And this is why it hit me. Because in that moment, think about, we just think, well, Jesus brought a girl back from the dead, which is really kind of a shame that we kind of look at the miracles of Jesus and say, well, he just did this. But friends, he didn't just do anything. Any of his, any miracles by God are not just God doing something. They're the miracles of God. They're the miraculous intervention of God to change what seems normal and to do a miracle from it in order that he would receive glory. And so when it says that the, the girl arose, it's like to make war against, I just, I just have this picture that in that moment when Jesus brought her back from the dead, that Jesus was making war. He's declaring war against death. Because isn't that why he actually came? That Jesus came that we have victory over sin and death. That when death comes, we don't have to worry because we know that as followers of Jesus, because we've surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, we've received his invitation to follow him, and we've said yes, and then we receive. When we say yes, I want to follow Jesus, the first thing he gives us is what? The first thing he gives us as we repent from sin and turn to follow Jesus is the gift of salvation, to be right before God, right standing before God. That we're forgiven, we're seen as if we've never sinned because we belong to Jesus, we're in Jesus. And so think about it. Uh, we just, uh, about a week and a half ago, or well, even less than a week ago, uh, a week ago tomorrow, uh, we buried the body of my mother-in-law. And it's been a, it's been an, uh, it's been hard. Uh, the, she was just dearly loved. Uh, her and my wife were so close. And it was a hard thing for our family to go through, just like it is for anyone when you lose a loved one. But there's a difference when you do a, a memorial service for a follower of Jesus compared to those who don't know Jesus is that when you when it's a, for a follower of Jesus, you know that they're in the very presence of God. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That she was enjoying the very presence of God. And that gives us hope. And so I believe that in this moment, why would this word be used? I think, yes, it, it is used to raise, raise to life or to raise from someone from being sick, to heal them, to restore them. But it's that last definition, that last wording, to make war against, I think Jesus in this moment, made war against death, made his declaration of war against death by raising this little 12-year-old girl uh, back from the dead. What a powerful picture of, of how powerful Jesus is and how amazing, I mean, just think about that just kind of gets my blood boiling um, and excited that here comes Jesus going, okay, yes, I've come to take the sin of the world, which is huge, to take the wrath of God, absolutely. But one of the first declarations of war that he made was on behalf of a little 12-year-old girl where he stands against death, declaring war against death, and brings this little girl back to life and restores her back to her parents. What a powerful picture of what it is that Jesus accomplishes. Friends, I hope that's an encouragement to you, especially for those that are going through a tough time if you've lost a loved one recently. Um, for those who pass from death to life, when the, one of my favorite verses in all the scriptures, when dealing with those, um, when helping those uh, who have lost loved ones, it's Psalm 116, verse 15, where it says, Precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. Precious in the eyes of the Lord are the death of his saints. Why is that so encouraging? Because when one of God's saints, who are his followers, we're all saints. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, we are considered saints. When we pass, it is precious in the eyes of the Lord. Why? 
because we're taken out of this, off of this world, out of this body, and we're brought into the very presence of God. And he says, man, it's precious. It's beautiful. We're finally home. We're experiencing what it is that God has wanted us to experience. The journey's done. Uh, we've fought the fight. We've kept the faith. Um, friends, what an encouragement to know. Jesus came, declared war against death, beat death, and therefore we have victory over it as well because of Jesus. Friends, I love you more than you know. We'll talk soon.